Welcome to the Housing Wire News Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm the Editor-in-Chief of Housing Wire, and I have a very special guest for you today. We are doing these news podcasts in an effort to break down the recent events that are happening in the mortgage industry and supplying experts to make sense of it all for us. As always, uh, none of this would be possible without our sponsors at Blend. Blend is a digital mortgage platform that streamlines the loan process with an efficient, secure, and transparent customer experience. Blend powers both industry-leading teams at some of the nation's largest lenders, as well as regionally-focused credit unions and community banks. With over $1 billion in loans processed daily, every Blend partnership is benchmarked on delivering a truly exceptional customer experience. Of course, to learn more, visit Blend at Blend.com. Now, let's talk about the major stories this last week on Housing Wire. I am joined with Tim Aopoulos, someone who I've interviewed many times in the past, who has uh, transitioned very well over to Blend. Uh, how are you doing, Tim? Uh, hello, Jacob. It's great to be joining you. I'm doing great. Thanks. And you've, you've made a recent uh, a, a change not too long ago. We were uh, speaking in a very different light. You were in a different role. I've, of course, always been editor-in-chief of Housing Wire. But why don't you tell us a little bit about where you were and where you are now? Sure. Well, thank you. Um, well, my last gig before joining Blend, I was the CEO of Fannie Mae, uh, the government-sponsored enterprise in Washington, D.C. Uh, I left there last October and in January, I joined Blend uh, as its president, really focusing on the company's go-to-market activities around, uh, you know, interacting with our customers and delivering uh, a great, uh, a great experience for our customers, which are, you know, banks of all sizes, from the very largest uh, people like Wells Fargo and U.S. Bank to community banks, credit unions, and independent mortgage originators. Um, and uh, I'm, I'm very excited to have joined the, the land of fintech. It's, uh, it's actually very much a continuation of the work that I was doing at Fannie Mae. And it is true that you did help usher in an era of technological acceptance at uh, and Fannie Mae and experienced several, several quarters of record profit, which was, uh, which is important to note, giving you a little bit of street cred there. But uh, let's, let's, let's test the news chops a bit. You know, today's rate environment isn't necessarily where we thought it would be. Um, we're wondering now, we keep hearing, you know, that the current outlook for mortgage lenders is that there's interest rate volatility, but they don't seem to be creeping up to the 6% level like some economic analysts expected earlier. But what is the current outlook for, for lenders and how do you think they can help cope with today's rate environment? Well, one of the things I've never done is try to predict interest rates. That's a very <laughs> difficult business. Um, so I, I'm not going to do that. But I guess what I'd say is I think all of us know that inevitably rates will creep up. I mean, the rates that we've been experiencing now for quite a long time have been among the, the lowest in history. So right. I remember the very first mortgage I ever got was at 10.5%, which would be unthinkable today. But I don't wow. think we should assume that rates will remain where they where they are. And I think all mortgage originators need to be focused on how to be more productive, how to be more efficient, how to streamline their processes and uh, cut out expense. And much of that, I think, is one of the reasons why I went to Blend was that it's really a focus on how do we bring a better experience for the consumer at the same time, make a much better experience for the lender, uh, make it much more efficient, make it more data-driven, um, uh, fewer documents, uh, more, uh, you know, more, more efficiency, less inconvenience, less inefficiency, and, uh, and drive that forward. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's true that 
what you're saying about rates not uh, creeping up, as some said, there are signals in the financial markets, uh, some caution signs, you know, but, you know, news flash the the New York Stock Exchange can contain some volatility. But all signs point to the real economy being on solid ground. I mean, steady, we have steady job growth, uh, five-decade low unemployment, um, all, all that all that seems like it would help the housing market to to a degree, although we certainly do have some headwinds. But uh, well, are you talking to lenders at all on what their focus is during this period? You know, where margins aren't quite as thin as they as they anticipated. Uh, what's it look like as a, as a mortgage uh, working on the on the fintech side? So yes, I spend a lot of time talking with lenders and and. First, I would agree with your assessment that the fundamentals of the economy actually seem quite good. Um, obviously, unemployment's very low. Um, the labor participation is high. Um, there's been some wage growth, um, not very much inflation. Uh, all of those things are positive, I think, for the mortgage market. In addition, the fundamental demographics um, of the country are, are positive for, for housing. Uh, millennials are coming of age. There's been strong household formation, a lot of demand for housing. Um, and, and the real challenge in the market has really been one around supply. Um, mm -hmm. There's plenty of demand, just not that much uh, supply, especially for first-time homebuyers. So um, I think as lenders look at all this, I think they're trying to create competitive advantage for themselves in terms of making a great customer experience, trying to make that process as simple and as uh, convenient as possible. Um, I, I, our, many of our customers are reporting um, you know, record volumes, um, but certainly what we're seeing on our platform, you know, we're now processing roughly $2 billion of loans a day. Uh, so a very substantial increase over where we were a year ago. So some of that is the growth of our business, but some of that also is just what we see with our own customers that their volumes are going up. So I think overall, I think the mortgage markets are pretty strong and, and I think lenders are encouraged by that. But by the same token, I, as I said earlier, I think everyone recognizes that at some point that will change. Um, and I think everyone's trying to use this period to, to get ready for what will be probably a tougher environment at some point in the future with lower margins and, and a need for greater efficiency. It really does underline, uh, you know, the, the need for if originators want to grow their volume, that it's just absolutely necessary to get a fintech partner in there somehow. I think you, you, you hit the nail on the head when you said millennials are coming into the market. They, 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 have a, they, they don't just have a, a, an expectation. Of a, of, a, of a digital first kind of mortgage product, they, they have, uh, it's essential. You know, it's, it's something that they're not even going to be able to really uh, uh, go through the, uh, the whole underwriting process if they've been, you know, hit with paper after paper after paper. So I, I agree that, you know, those people who are doing record volumes, the one that you see that fintech partnership has been absolutely vital. And I think that finally, you know, part of your legacy at Fannie Mae, and we talked about it earlier, was that technological advancements over there, uh, the changes in developments at the GSEs have, have been uh, great to see. You know, there's, there's been a, a couple of, a couple of um, launches at Fannie Mae that we've seen that have been pivotal to the market. Is there anything additional that you, that you see now that you're outside of that role at Fannie Mae, and you're, you know, you're, you're, you're on the fintech side. You know, you've, you've made the crossover, you've made the trip. Well, what are some of the changes and developments that you've seen so far? 
So I would say fundamentally, I've noticed a significant mind shift um, in all the financial services, not just mortgage, but uh, consumer banking more generally. You know, five, six years ago when I um, was just starting off as the, the CEO of Fannie Mae, I would go around and talk with mortgage lenders, go to conferences and say, there is no way that my children who are now 27 and 24 are going to get mortgages the way we did. They're going to expect to be able to make a few swipes on their iPhone and know whether they're going to get a mortgage and if so, how much and you know mm -hmm. when's it going to close. And people used to say to me in those days, Tim, you're crazy. This is the mortgage <laughs> business. That that is never going to yeah. happen. And mm -hmm. I'd say and I'd say, well, maybe I'm crazy, but I don't think so. And what I noticed today is that everybody in the mortgage business and frankly everybody in consumer financial services recognizes that that day is coming it's just a question of when it's not a question of whether it's going to happen it's just a question of exactly when's it going to happen so and i think everyone in the market whether they're in the mortgage business or in their and more generally in consumer lending is seeing that they need to have a consumer experience that is analogous to consumer expectations that arise from things that are not financial products things like mm -hmm. Google and Apple and Amazon. I mean, that one that one click checkout at Amazon is what people are looking for in financial services, whether it's mortgage or consumer lending generally. So that's what I'm seeing and hearing. And what has really struck me is that that's a major mind shift from where we were five or six years ago. Uh, I, I, I agree with you. You know, um, it, it's, it, and, it, and it continues to amaze, you know, the, the, the being able to have an end-to-end -end mortgage product on on your phone from search to purchase really has has been highlighted on the real estate side with some of the uh, the real estate search engines or now real estate service engines where they want to even make offers on your home and we're seeing the the, the new wave of i buyers that's kind of moving away from the real estate industry and all that stuff is very disruptive and interesting now what you do at blend and what you're focusing on in the coming months do you consider that disruptive because that's kind of a buzzword when we talk about fintech like who's who's disrupting is that how you define what it is you're doing well i'd say in one way it's disruptive and another way it's it's intentionally designed not to be disruptive and what i mean is that blend is very much focused on serving traditional lenders um mm -hmm. banks credit unions independent mortgage originators we're not looking to disintermediate those those players we're yeah. trying to help mm -hmm. those players create the, the the experience that they want to create and seek to create for their consumers it is disruptive in the sense that it's a it's bringing modern software to a financial services industry that frankly has not had world-class software maybe ever but certainly not in the last 20 years oh, so yeah. in that sense it, in that sense it's disruptive to the existing technology platforms that are in the industry, but it's not disruptive to the lenders themselves. If anything, it's going to allow those lenders to compete with these new entrants into the market, whether they're, you know, new internet banks, whether they're new iBuyers, whether they're, they're anything else. So I think that's, in that sense, it's not disruptive. In another sense, it is disruptive. Well, I think that the one area, and this is just me speaking, everyone, so just, you know, uh, 
you, you know, we're, we're talking about the origination side of things, but I think where tech, the next step for tech to advance is in the servicing industry. And that's been one place where it's been, um, you, you know, an, an area that has been long uh, neglected by the advancement of tech. So when you talk about efficiency and all that, uh, hopefully there, there will be one way where you can reach over and we could see fintech meaningfully capture the the servicing world because um that's something that's completely you know lacking uh and 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 probably going to be the last to advance but that's what we said about lending you know like you said five or six years ago we said mortgage lending would be dragged kicking and screaming into the technology technological advances that are coming when in fact they're kind of being ushered in willingly and almost like looking for uh, for 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 partners and opportunities, and when you uh, go out there now as the president of Blend, are you are you seeing people just that are just grateful to finally be able to engage meaningfully with a fintech partner? I think absolutely, uh, and and uh, and the word that you use there, I think, is the right word, which is partner. Um, I think associated with the mind shift that uh, I was describing earlier is, is another mind shift, with, which is that traditionally banks, credit unions, lenders generally um, were very focused on building everything themselves. Mm-hmm. I think what they have come to realize, and we certainly realized this at Fannie Mae when I was there, is that the technology is changing so quickly and, and, and in such transformational ways that it's virtually impossible for any institution that's not dedicated to being in the technology business itself to keep pace with that. So I think everyone is recognizing that they need to continue to adopt these new technologies, but that the way to do that is not to try to build it yourself from scratch, mm-hmm. but instead to partner with many others. So one of the things that we're doing at Blend is partnering with many different types of technology players ourselves, because there are big parts of our platform that we know uh, others can build and have built successfully and just integrating them together with ours uh, makes the whole experience for everyone that much better. So it's really this, this, this focus on partnership. I think not only are people accepting it, I think they're, they're, as you say, embracing it, they're running towards it. Yeah. And I, and I think that that, 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 that keeping pace is key towards sort of really, really elucidating the market for, for our listeners here today. That yes, you can you can build your own platform, but it'll be, you know, as as malleable and as scalable as your own lending operation, right? So it won't be something that is gonna be able to readily adopt whatever the next big thing is like you know you hear like you you know all these buzzwords around blockchain and nanobots and artificial intelligence i mean a lender shouldn't really even have an expectation to to want to keep up with any of that what they should do is be focused on their own core competency which is lending and know that their partners such as blend are focusing on their core competency which is fintech and i think you know in speaking of recent news um, there's been there's been capital that's being invested in in blend in order to to keep current and to 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 stay in the number one spot so keep that in mind when you're looking for a for a partner right that where where who is who is adapting and who is really moving in the evolution where you need your lending your lending operation to be. And I think that, you know, finding the right partner, like you said, is, is just going to be so valuable and 
it's important to know, you know, what's out there and who's and who's doing what and following the news. Wouldn't you agree? I do. Look, when I, when I talk to lenders, um, the one thing I always share with them is I say, look, whether you choose to partner with Blend or not, my my most urgent advice to you is don't try to build and maintain these technology systems yourself. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. I I. Uh, that was a lesson that I learned uh, very clearly at Fannie was that we had enormous technology budgets. The company made a lot of money. We were, you know, obviously the company is central to housing finance. And so, uh, and, and obviously it's, it's brought forward some technological advancements, but, but we became very clear in our mindset that trying to build and maintain all these things ourselves was a bit of a fool's errand. And that the key was to find appropriate parties to partner with and continue that, that evolution. So what I say to lenders is, you know, I'm not here to, to show for blend, right? If, if you decide there's some other technology partner that, that you can, can get a better relationship with, that's fine. But if you're thinking about actually trying to go and build these technology systems yourself, that is really, that's, that's just a, a foolish thing to do because it's not just the cost of, building those systems. It's also the cost of maintaining those systems. People often don't think about the long-term debt that comes with that, the technology Mm -hmm. debt that comes from that. They also really don't think about the fact that, you know, there are a very limited number of world-class software engineers in the world at any given time. I remember talking to one guy at one point, you know, the former Dean of Admissions at Harvard, who now advises technology companies. And when I was at Fannie, he said to me, Tim, because uh, I was asking, how can we get more great engineers? He said, Tim, there's nothing wrong with Fannie Mae, but in the world at any given time, there are maybe 10,000 world-class engineers uh, around the world at any moment. And half of them are consumed by companies like Apple and Google and Amazon right. and others. Mm-hmm. And most of the others are taken up by fintech companies or other technology companies. What makes you think that you as an incumbent institution would be able to attract any critical mass of those people? It's not that you're a bad company. It's just that he was was very clear. It's like, it's not that you're a bad company. It's that you are not a company that those sorts of people want to work in. They want to work in a company that's devoted to technology and and transformational change. And so that's where I think the competitive advantage of fintech companies lies is that they are able to attract those world-class technologists and the, the incumbent institutions, the banks, the credit unions, the mortgage lenders, they should be saying, look, our, as you said, our core competency is not technology, it's lending. And if we let the technologists do what they do and partner with them, maybe we can really focus on product and service innovation, not on technology. Well, and that's so true. And I think that, you know, this is, uh, this is going to be our world for the next uh, few years. So we're going to have Uh, ample opportunity to speak again in the future. Um, My name is Jacob Gaffney. I'm the editor-in-chief of Housing Wire. This is the Housing Wire News Podcast. We were joined today by Tim Aopoulos, the president of our sponsor, Blend. Tim, thank you so much for your time today. It was an excellent conversation. I appreciate your insight. Thank you, Jacob. It's a great pleasure to talk with you. Have a great day. You too. Bye-bye.